Peace, peace. We are back once again. I'm your host, Brother Shem L, with another episode of Masterminds with Brother Shem L. And I'm really excited to get back um, with these episodes. Uh, I know I've been having them far, far between um, lapse of time, but hopefully that will change in the near future. So I'm definitely um, excited about this particular episode. With this episode, we are going to get into some metaphysical breakdowns. And we got a treat for you. I usually go into the Circle 7, which I will today. But I want to base this particular episode based on a passage in everybody's favorite book, the Bible. You know, don't all jump at once. <laughs> I know that the Bible uh, for some can be uh, something uh, people have different viewings and feelings about the Bible. S- strong on one end, on both ends of the spectrum. S- some love the Bible. It's the word of God to them. To others, it is a tool in their eyes um, for destruction, um, enslavement, and a host of other things. And then there are those who are kind of in between, but regardless of um, where you stand in that, uh, we're going to go into it and give some metaphysical breakdowns. So hopefully, if you listen with uh, open ear and mind, you'll be able to have a, a greater appreciation for it, at least um the breakdown of that particular passage and I'm not asking anyone to um, feel one way or another about the Bible uh, that is your choice but I'm just trying to give some new insights so with that I'll begin the title of this episode is you are the salt of the earth so I'm actually going to just dive right in and uh, before I begin, I'll be speaking on some things, um, some information pertaining to that concept of salt, um, what it means and things, things of that nature. Um, and I'll be using certain information that I that I acquired um, just ahead of time. I definitely want to give a, a quick um, honors to this brother who I've been um, recently um, paying attention to and um, that's my fault because he's actually been teaching for some time the brother KT the arch degree uh, he gave some powerful information in reference to this so I'm going to share you know what I've learned and hopefully it will help you so getting into the passage I want us to take us to the good book of Matthew and particularly the fifth chapter of Matthew. This map, this particular chapter in the book of Matthew in the Bible um, is known as the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, they also say that it has what's known as the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes is basically within the first 11 verses or so. It, um, well, actually, it, it 
you could say from verse 3 to verse 11, each verse starts off with blessed are, um, such as blessed are the poor in spirit, um, blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth, etc., etc. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God, a whole host of those. Now, I'm not going to go into those. I'm going to go into the verse right after that, which is verse 12. So if you go to verse 12, and I'm reading from the King James Version, um, so you'll have the ye's and the thou's and all that, but you can kind of get what they're saying. So it says, Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you ye are the salt of the earth verse 13 ye are the salt of the earth but if the salt have lost its savor wherewith shall it be salted it is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and giveth it light unto all that are in the house. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works. Glorify your father, which is in heaven. Okay, I just want to stop right there because I'm going to go into that very important section where it says you are the salt of the earth. What does that mean? And also, not only what does it mean, how does it pertain to you? Why right after that, the next verse, it says you are the light of the world. What is the connection association between salt being the salt of the earth and the light of the world why would that even be um, a play on on the words and um, while I while I have while I'm speaking of the light just briefly and I'll go back to it I want to take us to the circle seven because I always like to give that context for my uh, Moorish American uh, family who is listening and go into chapter two of the circle seven where it starts in verse 16 it says we call these sons revealer of revealers of the light but they must have the light before they can reveal the light. And you must teach your sons and set their souls on fire with love and holy zeal and make them conscious of their missions to the sons of men. Now, at first glance, this may not seem as having any connection with what I just spoke about in the Bible but it does the salt does have a connection with this and I'm going to expound on that so 
being that we deal with the metaphysical aspects in reference to salt, um, just in metaphysical period, uh, we have to understand that salt is actually a very significant compound. It's not an element. It's a compound by nature. It is the com- combination of two elements, sodium chloride, sodium and chloride. Um, and I want to expound on that, but but the important part of this is that this compound, when we deal with it from a metaphysical standpoint, ties into alchemy. Okay, so what is alchemy? Alchemy, when we deal with it, it's an ancient um, system. Uh, it's an esoteric system that started in the East. Uh, it actually comes from uh, Arabic. When you break it down, Al and Chem, right? Right. The um, which actually can be translated into Chemi or the black one, which also has its connection with Kemet, right? Which is in- translated to mean the black soil. But with that said, it deals basically with the transmutation of a thing. Now, they say alchemy um, from an outside point of view, exoteric is the changing of base metal to gold. In reality, from when you study the esoteric aspect of it, it refers to the transmutation from human flesh to flesh divine right uh, which is spoken about in the circle seven where it talks about the resurrection which is basically the whole Jesus story that's basically all it's an, it's an the Jesus story is an alchemical process a story of an alchemical process when you really break it down because it, it literally tells you in circle seven that that's was his purpose and that his life was one great drama so a drama is that which is played out before you for you to see and take something from it if you can get the understanding for those who can see those with eyes to see and ears to hear so in within alchemy there's something known as three primes the three primes or tree of Prima, right? In Latin. And the three primes are three material substances. And believe it or not, all three of these substances are mentioned in the Bible at some point by name. Okay. One, of course, we just mentioned, which is salt. Then there's mercury, the substance of mercury, and the substance of sulfur. Right? Okay. Now, salt is representative of the base matter or the body. Okay? It is representative of, is correlated to the plane of manifest. 
salt of the earth, right? It is the carnal body, okay? So this will play an important part as to why this is this is mentioned. Mercury is representative of mind or spirit, okay? Um, Mercury is also known, commonly known as Quicksilver because of its, um, it is the only metallic element that is liquid at its standard conditions of temperature and pressure. It's a liquid metal, but it can become a solid. But in its, but in the standard conditions and normal conditions, it's a liquid, right? So, and we know mercury also um, ties in to the name, not only the planet Mercury, but also the name of the Greek god Mercury, who was known to be a god of speed, right? With the wings on his ankles, etc. right? Thus, Quicksilver, all right? And some of you who are comic book fans may be familiar with the character of Quicksilver, who who was the uh, yeah Quicksilver, uh, who was oh the Silver Surfer, I should say. Let me let me let me say that Silver Surfer, who moved on behalf of uh, a being by the name of Galactic Galacticus, who who ate up galaxies, right? So. That's, that's a whole story in and of itself. But just make note that that particular story has its root in esoteric um, information. Very much so. So don't, you know, don't, um, you know, don't underestimate that <laughs> for real. So with that said, in the sulfur is connected with the soul. Now, I want to go into that sulfur. Sulfur, in particular, is mentioned if I'm not meant, if I'm not mistaken in the Book of Revelations. Uh, particularly, it it is denoted with burning. It's a burning. Um, it is a chemical that is known to be used for burning, right? So. Sulfur, sulfur is connected with soul. And when it speaks about a burning, a fire, right? This ties you back to what I just said. Chapter 2, verse 17 of the circle 7, it says, And you must teach your sons to set their souls on fire with love and holy zeal and make them conscious of their missions to the sons of men, right? The soul, sulfur, burning, right? Why would the soul be on fire? This is metaphysical. Set their souls on fire with love and holy zeal because it's understood that the soul body is an emotional body. And being that it's an emotional body, 
it operates in such a way where there has to be there has to be something ignited you know and that ties in with the basic elements of willing with the four elements air earth water and fire so there's a connection between the sulfur and the element of fire okay keep that in mind so that being said again we're keeping all this this is alchemy so interestingly enough in alchemy there there are multiple things that you see you'll see the three primes four basic elements seven planetary metals and the seven alchemical not the seven seven forgive me seven planetary metals and the 12 alchemical processes that are associated with the 12 signs of the zodiac each one of the alchemical processes uh, whether it's fermentation distillation um, distillation digestion dissolution fixation each one of those are assigned to a specific zodiac sign so you have the three the principle of three and then there's four right the four basic elements then you have seven the law of seven and then the twelve the same thing we have within our teachings of more science you have of course the three the trial and the law wisdom will and love you have of course the four basic elements actually of air earth fire and water are actually mentioned in the first chapter of the circle seven because in there it says within the very first chapter on the on page four creation of fallen man it says here now ye spirits of the fire of water earth and air so right there it speaks about the four elements right there and a lot of people go over it and not don't catch it that you're talking about four classical elements connected with alchemy so alchemy is in the circle seven also when we see the symbol that we affectionately call the circle seven you'll see the number seven and there are four arch arcs four concurrent arcs that that are formulated in a way that it looks like a circle right and some people will say well it's a broken circle and the, the points point to the north south east and west however you break that down you're still dealing with four and again in alchemy you have the four basic elements then of course we have the seven planetary metals in more science we have the seven creative spirits known as the elohim who is elohim the elohim is the seven creative spirits that created everything that ever was is and evermore to be okay and of course lastly but not least the 12 alchemical processes which associate with the 12 uh, astrological signs of the zodiac ties in with the 12 step ladder that's mentioned in the circle seven okay so all these things correlate they all are connected so um do not be uh misled into thinking that it's not they definitely are um and there's a lot to go into it i i'll try to give as much information as i possibly can 
pertaining to this. Now, one of the key things that's important is, for example, we're going to get into why that statement is made in the Bible, why it would be recorded that Jesus would make such a statement that you are the salt of the earth. What's the salt? Especially since you said it's just the body, right? And we know according to chapter one of the circle of seven, man is not the body nor the soul. He is a spirit and a part of Allah. What would the body, the salt, deal with the light? You know, physical body, base matter. <clears throat> then also on top of that, for those who may be familiar, more familiar with the Bible, know about the story of what Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, a lot uh, left Sodom and Gomorrah. His wife turned around and looked when Sodom and Gomorrah was burning and she turned into a pillar of salt. When it was salt so good, then why she turned into a pillar of salt? Of course, you know that salt being the body, her being a pillar of salt is metaphysical. It's allegory. It's allegorical. Basically, in essence, it is saying that when she turned back to look upon what she was leaving obviously that's where her attention went she didn't want to leave she yearned to go back thus her spirit left her meaning she just she just became carnal that was it she she had no Alter fire in her She had no Her spirit left The essence of her No no longer was there Right She debased herself Base matter Salt At that point she debased herself By wanting to go back To Sodom and Gomorrah Right And all this is allegory Some, The story of Sodom and Gomorrah Are uh, allegorical in that In that context you know, of course, no one's actually turning into salt by looking back. That's no. So you have to understand that when you understand alchemy and the essence of other aspects of metaphysics, then it makes sense why that statement would be made. And then going back into the statement in the book of Matthew, where he says that you are the salt of the earth but if the salt has lost his his savior wherewith shall it be salted now in order to get a better understanding of this you have to go into from the alchemy to the chemistry right you're going to have to follow me here and what this will do what I want to do is actually break this down into two parts so I really got a lot into the alchemy on the first half and I'm going to just go into more and then the second half I'm going to get into the chemistry more into the chemistry aspect of this so that you can get a good understanding of what we're talking about um, so with that said, let's explore the, the three primes, um, 
uh, uh, more or less focusing on salt. I, I want to focus on salt heavy with that um, because this is very, 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 very key. Um, the significance of salt. Okay. So in the three primes, right? The essence of the body. There is also the process that is aligned with salt, right? There's an association with a process, okay? Um, and you have to understand that as well. So, what would that process be? It would be the crystallization, right? Um, because salt becomes crystals, right? You have to understand that. So, the crystallizing of salt. Salt as a compound is the combination of two elements. These two elements are combined to create this substance, which is the body, the matter. It, we're correlating with this in alchemy. So, the essence of the body to be that salt is to be in essence that which is a conduit of something if you go back to chapter one the statement is made that creative fate gave to man to spirit man a soul that he might function on the plane of soul and gave gave him a body of flesh that he might function on the plane of things made manifest so the body is a vehicle that you use to function. Salt, in this case, is representative of that vehicle to function. Salt of the earth, right? From a metaphysical standpoint. And there's more to that. More than just that. But I'm just dealing with the metaphysical aspect. That the aspect of the body it has to be the vehicle by which you the, you, the true you, spirit man, spirit woman, are able to function to perform its duties until it's no longer needed, right? Salt is, some, is a substance that is used, it's processed, it does a specific function for you, and... And when you no longer use it, right, it's to be cast out. Thus, are no longer needed, right? Thus, if the salt has lost its savior, savor, wherewith shall it be salted? You know, if it's lost its savor, if it's lost its vitality, its taste, how you use it, however it's used, if it loses its function, where where are you going to put it? Where where will it do its function if it cannot? What is it good for? It's then for good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under for the men. So therefore, this body, if you if it's not at its peak performance, right? Which was why you should take care of your body. What good is it? What can you do? You know. If I myself 
I consider myself a teacher, uh, one who shares this information. If I don't take care of myself physically, right? What good am I? I can't, I can't help anybody. I can't give anybody advice. I can't share wisdom, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. I can't do these things. Thus, you know, I'm no good. You know, you put me to bed, you know, take me to the upper room. So the body is the understanding that the body, while it is temporary, it has a function, right? It does have a function. However, it must, you must be able to ensure that it has its function, ensure that it has a savor, you know, its value, right? As the salt of the earth. And that's just dealing with the alchemy aspect of the body, you know, making sure that you are at that point where you can perform your function. Because again, the ultimate goal in alchemy is to transform from human flesh to flesh divine but you have to start first with the human flesh now I like to get into more of the chemical aspect of salt um, because this will be very important And for this portion, uh, again, I want to give special honors to the brother KT, the arch degree for breaking this down, giving some insight. And I'm going to give my portion of of what I took from what he said. There's actually a video out. You can pull it up. I think it's on um, brother Rich's YouTube channel. Um, Black Magic 363, where um, he speaks about the connection between salt, melanin, and the passage in Matthew chapter five thirteen, and so you can you can look that up when you get the opportunity. You can kind of. Um, play with the search and um, look looking um, get that particular video Um, but one of the things he broke down which I want to go into is getting an understanding of what salt does so salt is a compound of course we know this already okay sodium chloride okay and it's a solid compound, um, unlike mercury, which is liquid. It's, this is a solid compound, and it consists of of a number of positively charged ions and negatively charged ions, which is key because the ions uh, connect with your uh, electricity. So the the product is electrically neutral right without a net charge but it is a composite of positively charged ions and negatively charged ions so with that said the aspect of salt 
is that salt works specifically with melanin. Salt is the um, the component of the vehicle by which um, melanin is produced and activated. Okay, so and it works within the um, melasome. And if I may, if I stated that correctly, and if I and if I did not, uh, not the melasite, is I think it's the melasome. And if I said that incorrectly, um, forgive me. But that particular, that particular gene that deals with melanin that is used to produce melanin. Of course, we know melanin is produced out of the pineal gland, uh, which is also known as the inner eye, third eye, first eye. Um, but that the brow chakra, where the brow chakra sits, I should say. So this is all key. Now, most of the time they tell you salt is bad. You should watch your salt content, but they're misleading you because it's not that salt is bad. Processed salt is bad. So the processed salt, the processed white salt that you see at the restaurant, um, you know, that salt shaker with the white salt, you know, and all of the processed salt that is in a lot of these processed foods are bad. Okay? Period. There's different types of salt. The salt that you want to have is not the processed white salt, which is bad for you. It is salts like the Himalayan pink salt, black salt, the uh, Celtic salt, the um, seafood kelp, those are the ones that are healthy. Those are the ones that you actually need in your body because without that, you are actually uh, risking your organs to shut down, literally. And of course, you're not activating your melanin. Now, this is very key for those who are melanated, melanin dominant people. Who are considered melanated or melanized people. This is your, this is your salt is your savior. <laughs> Not only your savior, but your savior. The right salt. So, you know, that's very key to understand that. That within that, those of us who are melanin dominant retain salt those who are melanin recessive right and you understand what I'm saying when I say melanin recessive they do not have an abundance of melanin the same ones who cannot stay under the sun for long periods of time those individuals by their chemical makeup release salt they don't retain salt the way those of us who have melanin an abundance of melanin do. Everyone has melanin, but there are those who are melanin dominant, and then there are those who are melanin recessive. Now, this is not, uh, I'm not speaking radical. This is, has nothing to, in no way, shape, or form is intended to be racial. This is just science. It's just plain science. 
So no need to have emotions with this. That being said, one of the things you have to understand when you listen, when you read this Jesus story is that Jesus, okay, the story is that as a baby, um, when Jesus was born, King Herod, the king of the Roman Empire at the time, wanted Jesus killed. And so Jesus had to go into hiding. In order for him to go into hiding, he had to go into a place where he could blend in. He and his family could blend in. And the place that they went to, interestingly enough, is the place properly known as Kemet, which we call today Egypt. Right? So you wouldn't hide an apple amongst oranges. Figuratively speaking. And I say that to say that in order for the child that was called Jesus to be hidden in plain sight, he and his family had to exist among people who looked like them. And the people at that time, undeniably in Kemet, in ancient Egypt, were dark-skinned people. They had dark skin. They had broad nose, thick lips, woolly hair. The paintings on the wall tell the story. No, I should say the paintings on the wall tells the facts. Movies tell the story because when they say you, uh, when a person lies or a child is uh, caught lying, they say don't don't say you told a lie, say you told a story. And they also say that the story, the account of Jesus is the greatest story that was ever told. Interesting. Now, so now when you watch these movies with Jesus, now you kind of get what I'm saying. How could he be, how could he look like a hippie from the 60s and hide as a baby in Egypt? Hide. That's a that's a key word there is hide. So obviously Jesus was a melanated, melanized person as well as his parents. His biological and adopted parents. So that being said, another thing about salt in this case is that the um the elemental uh, writing, you know how they say like hydrogen is H, um, helium is HE. So when you when you go into the the chemical element um, symbol, right, the atomic symbol breakdown of that sodium chloride is NaCl, right. Of course, the CL stands for the chloride, but sodium, the sodium part is Na. There's no S in it. That is because the Na stands for, they say natrium, which comes from actually the word natron, N-A-T-R-O-N. Now, when you look up natron, you will find that the word natron historically is, 
is is the word used for the salt found in guess where Egypt Kemet ancient Egypt okay look this up not only is natron the word used for the salt in Kemet but the word natron has within it the same letters the same consonants consonants I should say that is found in Netero right the N the T and the R Netter. matter of fact when you go into hieroglyphics that's what it will have NTR the vowels are added later on so you'll find the relationship between Netron and Netera okay Natron, the natron salt, was used primarily, this mineral was used primarily for the mummification process because where, because salt, wherever salt is, water follows. So the, the salt absorbs the water in the body and acts as a drying agent. Now this ties back to the alchemical process because salt is considered the, the body the base right within your body is over 70% water the same way the earth is over 70% water salt absorbs the water right it is sole function or one of its functions is that it will separate water from um, liquid compounds so if you have a liquid compound of course where it has water in it okay and you add salt in it it will draw that salt will draw out the H2O okay and keep in mind the salt is very very important um, the water is very, very important. That's one of the elements. So salt has a relationship to water. The prime of salt, of the three primes, has a direct relationship to the basic element, the four elements, the classical element of water. Salt and water, the same way sulfur has a direct relationship to the element of fire keep in mind this is very important now uh so it could also said that it's also related to earth as well salt of the earth so with this said uh there also are some other aspects of it okay uh salt is a insulator as far as um conductivity however solutions of salt can conduct electricity okay uh, liquefied salts uh, or solutions containing dissolved salts such as uh, sodium chloride in water uh, would be called electrolytes okay and these electrolytes are is a electrolyte is basically a substance that produces electrically conducting um, solution when dissolved in water 
right? So, you know, you read about, oh man, you know, you get that Gatorade because it has electrolytes. Well, all it's basically saying is that the um, it's conducting uh, those ions, right? It is separating those positively charged ions and those negatively charged ions um, in order to flow through your body because you you are an electrical being. Your nervous system operates off of electricity. It's electrical impulses that flow through the neurons They're not that are not connected in your brain. Elect- you, you're constantly shooting electrical impulses between millions and millions of neurons in your brain okay so you need water in order to make this happen that's why when you do not drink enough water and you dehydrate you actually lose neurons your brain dies (laughs) okay the same thing if you don't take the proper salt the correct salt like I said the Himalayan pink salt the black salt, the Celtic salt, these, if you don't have a, a proper level of those good salts in your body, your brain suffers. Okay. So that's, those things are key, right? So when we take this back to that part in the Bible, chapter five of Matthew, When he says that you are the salt of the earth, first off, it's evident just by what we just said that he's not referring to everyone on the earth. He's not referring to all people. He's referring to a specific group of people. Okay. Because one, salt is not all over the earth. And two, two, it's understood that from where he was taught because he received his education in Egypt we notice by way of the circle seven right with chapter two okay which is the education of Mary and Elizabeth of Zorn in Egypt with Elihu and Salome being the teachers in the sacred grove uh, also you know we can go on with uh, Matheno um, teaching John the Baptist Uh, He obviously learned a certain information in Egypt. Otherwise, he would not come out of Egypt arguing with the rabbis. There would be no need to argue if they were on the same page as far as information. With that said, it's key to note that where he was taught in ancient Kemet in Egypt, that is where you have the salt. (laughs) amongst those melanated people right so and the mummification process was a special process and and I just want to go into that uh, in particular the mummification process right Uh, when we deal with the alchemical processes um, that also would be um, kind of like the putrefaction connected with the putrefaction or the fermentation um, and the al- 
in the alchemical process which ties into Capricorn Capricorn being the horned goat okay and the Capricorn of course spans from December to January and interestingly enough again that's why I say when you look when you break down the Bible from an esoteric standpoint you'll find the you'll find where it's an astrological book and an alchemy book you know is it a coincidence that the Capricorn is the zodiac sign in which you find um, Christmas you see what I'm saying so you gotta look at that Capricorn is from December 21st to January 19th they have Christmas on December 25th right so Capricorn is associated with fermentation or putrefaction which is connected with mummification and the mummification ties in with the salt process or how salt is used um, just something to think about some of y'all may be thinking I'm reaching but just just think about it for a moment how this all play because in that book of Matthew right you'll find a couple of other things also with the light aspect salt in reference to light in connection with light remember I said that salt is the vehicle by which melanin is produced and and activated what does melanin do melanin is used to absorb light it breaks down ultraviolet rays UV rays and it actually will break it down into smaller frequencies that we can use and on a higher scale it processes it it actually transforms the light frequencies into sound frequencies which they don't they don't want to tell you it is no coincidence that Melanated people throughout history has been looked at as great musicians, great singers, and the likes, right? Even in their, uh, even in the Orthodox Islamic tradition, in their hadith, they say that the greatest muadhin or the call to prayer was Bilal. Bilal was a known um, native of Habisha or Abyssinia, what they call Ethiopia today, right? So, by their definitions, they would call him a a quote-unquote so-called black man, right? From Ethiopia, an Ethiopian, right? And he was the greatest of the Muadhin, right? Someone could take offense to that and say, oh, that's racism because you know when you do the call to prayer, all you're doing is singing. So they're saying all we good is for singing. 
But the point of it is, is that even with that, it is understood that there's something about us as melanated people, those of us who are melanated, that we have a connection with light and sound that is unique. Salt of the earth, light of the world, right? So when you look at it from that aspect, you get a better understanding of how that even came to be. I just want to put that in perspective because again, is that to say that only people of a certain race can be connected with light, knowledge, and information? I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that in this context, he was speaking in this story. Because even he says he's not sent to the um, he's not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. These lost sheep of the house of Israel are a certain people of a certain stock of a certain phenotype, of a certain lineage, of a certain uh, genetic pool. Even in that, you have to acknowledge that. So, just in relationship to that story alone, you have to have an understanding of why he would say things like salt. Right? Even if you just want to do on a basic common everything, uh, common uh, everyday analysis. Look at us as a people. Uh, those of us who are melanated, particularly in America, you know, just how we operate. You know, we have a tendency to like certain things with certain spices. We have a tendency to say that we are the ones who have the high blood pressure. I say because you had too much salt, right? Where did this affinity for salt come from in the first place with us? And we know that there are other groups of people don't have that level of affinity to salty foods. You have to take you have to be honest <laughs> to these realities. I'm just sharing the message. So there are chemical perspectives to look at that particular story as well as alchemical um, perspectives to look at it. so I wanted to explore both and that will kind of give you a greater appreciation of that story being the salt of the earth and what does that mean on a deeper sense on a deeper level and you can do your own research and may be able to find things that I uh, have not been able to come across myself. And if so, that's all the better. Uh, so with that, I hope that this uh, particular episode has been of some value. I hope that you have been able to learn some things. So I, I definitely am appreciative of that. And I'm happy. If not, if this didn't move you, <laughs> then, you know, you don't have to take it and all is well, no harm, no foul. Uh, but, you know, as this information comes to me, um, as I learn new things, I like to share it with others. So I just wanted to do that here in this particular case. And for those who've been listening um, throughout 
all the episodes. I thank each and every one of you for your continued support. Um, if you're new to this uh, podcast, welcome. I hope you enjoyed this one. Um, if you get a chance, check out the others. Um, maybe this didn't do for you. Maybe another one would. But in any way, I hope you continue to listen to Masterminds of Brother Shemel, and I'll strive to give you more. All right, with that, peace and love.